Ladies and gentlemen, all rise. Court is back in session. Welcome to another exciting episode of The Devil's Due. I am your host, Carl Duty. With me, as always, is a man who I hope would take care of me in the basement of a church if I had a building dropped on me, Mr. Drew Celestino. Well, not about a church, but I mean, you know. That, as I as I gesticulate around here, yes, you know, yeah. you, you can yeah. you can hang down here. Okay, I'm, you know, it, it that might give me motivation to get the the video game uh, area set up. True, over there. true. Or we could we could hope for an abandoned farmhouse, a la Ninja Turtles uh, film. Sure, maybe, maybe. Yeah, uh, I don't own one, but maybe you know someone. We could. Build one. That seems then, counterintuitive. Then abandon it, <laughs> and then re, then rehabitate. Yes. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of work. Sure, and tis a fine bond, but tis no pool. Fair enough. Doeth. So, uh, hi, hi. What's up? It's been like what three days? It's been three days. <laughs> it's uh, it has not, in fact, been a while. Um, we are recording this on a Friday night after having just watched episode one of Daredevil season three. Oh, it feels so good to say that. It's I been, mean, you know, I've done stuff in that three days. Yeah, I mean, I've sure. I how, mean, how's yeah. your weeks, Carl? <laughs> um, played played some X Wing. Um, played some some X Wing. Okay. Uh, is that that it? That's since Tuesday. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, because Thursday night's X-Wing night. Didn't do much Wednesday night. All right. So that's so yeah. that's that. That's, that is that. Okay. Uh, we didn't do game night this week because well, we're mean, here right now. We're going we're gonna to bang this out. Maybe, we're, maybe, we're do- maybe. We're, maybe. Do- we're doing this retro devil's due style way back when we first started the show when we recorded on friday nights yeah been a while that's been a while that has been indeed been a while so uh so but no we, we're doing this because i um julie and i have a commitment we must meet on tuesday which is our normal recording time so i said hey let's uh let's just get together watch show and and talk about it well seeing as it premiered today it seems it seems fitting i mean you know i've I've had things happen this week what have you had uh well nothing uh well few things that i'll i'll get into maybe in the next episode but um that i will talk about so number one so so you're telling the audience to chill to the next episode. Well, for certain things, yeah. Certain things. They won't really care, gotcha. but it, you know, things happen in life that deserve some attention, but I have to kind of uh, formulate a way to address that. So we'll get that next week. Next week. Yeah. But um I decided this week in 3 days <laughs> that uh, it was high time to never to walk in anyone's shadow. Uh I don't care if if you fail, dude, everyone's taller than me, so I'm kind of always in everyone's shadow. <laughs> it's fine. Um, no, so I got about 21 hours into Final Fantasy three slash yes. six, and then I kind of put it down for a couple 
months. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant like in the past three hours. I was like, wow, no. good, you could. No, could, that would be impressive. Good on you, sir. Yes. Uh, but no, but this week you I missed picked sleep it, much. I picked it back up. Yes, this week, okay. and I'm um, right back where I, you know, back system, back in the swing. System uh, Super Nintendo, Super Nintendo. Well, by Super NT, but you know, Super yeah, N- yeah. my original cartridge. Um, so I'm I'm back in the swing of things. Uh, right where I left off, and I just want to reiterate what a absolute marvel of technology the Super NT is. Number one, and number two, that Final Fantasy three slash six is my absolute favorite Final Fantasy, and you can't change my mind. So if I'm that guy in the meme, wouldn't, with, wouldn't want to. Okay, well you know that the you know the Final Fantasy three is the best. Final Fantasy game. Change my mind. That that meme. You've seen that meme around, right? With yeah, the, yeah. Okay. The guy at the table. You won't okay. change my mind. Okay. I see you, Seven. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I like six. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, that happened this week. Uh, great game. I really can't say enough great things about Final Fantasy 3 slash 6. So, that happened. And then, also, I started a new show. Started in what sense? In watching a new oh, show. Oh, watching. Okay. So when I'm not, because, uh, you know, Breaking Bad is over, favorite show ever. Better Call Saul just ended. Uh, and like by the series finale? Season, or season? No. season finale. Okay. And it was great. It was great. It was great. Okay. So now I'm like, well, now what? And granted, this is like, you know, the most first world problem ever. Like, I have nothing to watch. I don't watch a lot as it is, because to me, there's there's so much out there yeah. that... I it really has to stand out from the crowd. And, it either and, really has to stand out, or you have to have like a particular itch you want to scratch. Yeah, but you know it's October. We're nearing Halloween. Yep, and I do. I'm not like by any means one of the one of uh, the the horror aficionados that are out there, like the big fans mm-hmm. that we we've, we've had on the show. Your, yes. your friends, and you know, hey man, I. If that's your thing, more power to you. I'm a little more casual. I'm a filthy casual. It's fine. Yeah. But I do enjoy a good scare and whatnot. So I've heard great things about uh, The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. Okay. So I started that this week. I'm six episodes in. This is okay. a good show. Hour long or half hour? long episodes. Okay. This show is worth your time. It's uh, soap opera-y, thriller-y, and spooky. And... It, it's good. It's pretty good. Okay. Well, well, well written, um, well performed, and uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it very much. Is it, is it the haunting of Silent Hill House? Uh, no, no, no Silent Hill here. Is, will will season two be the haunting of Hank Hill's house? <laughs> <laughs> All the propane is gone. Followed up by season three. Return to the haunting of Benny Hill's house. Oh God! Just yakety sacks all, <laughs> all the, the, over every episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um. So yeah, uh, I, I would uh, throw that out there if you uh, have a little horror itch you want to scratch. Um, the haunting of Hill House is pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, we'll see if it sticks the landing because that is you know the yeah the big hot the hallmark of any great show. It has to it has to end well. But so far, six episodes in, and it's like, yep. okay, this is good. It's cool because it takes place in kind of different time periods. And each episode after the first, the first episode kind of lays out the overall story and plot. Yeah. And then each subsequent episode follows a character that you met in the first episode. And you get your different timelines again. But you also kind of see, so you get to see 
uh, different perspectives of of things you have seen in previous episodes, and okay. your perspective on those events changes, and it's like, oh, that's what happened. Gotcha. So yeah, it's it's well done. Cool. Do, uh, I would put that out as a recommendation. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, being it only a couple days since our last episode, we have no emails. But that's not going to stop me where to tell you, dear listeners, <laughs> where you can find us. Charles a pro. I, consummate professional. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, send us some emails or communicate with the show in any way, shape, or form, you could do so at the following locations. You can go to Twitter and follow us at Devil's Due Pod. You can go to Facebook.com slash Devil's Due Pod. Toss our page a like. You can email us at the devil's due pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the devil's due podcast.com. Actually, Drew, as I read these and I, I look at uh, last week's news notes, yeah, um, did we miss two something? Things, two things came to did come to mind for news. One thing that I kind of wanted to talk about last week, but just kind of fell by the wayside because it wasn't a major thing. The other one has happened in the past couple of days. Going back to a story we reported on last week, uh, that of being Chuck uh, Wendig being fired from yeah from Marvel. Yes, Marvel has since pulled uh, Shadow of Vader from being released oh. Oh. from its release schedule. Okay, so disappointing, but not unexpected. I shrug. I mean, yeah, you know. So the other thing I wanted to talk about that I kind of forgotten last week, and I kind of alluded to it in our opening is that <laughs> and then completely threw it by the wayside. Yeah. Uh, no. In the opening for this episode ah. is that it was announced last week that for the first time ever, the score to the original teenage Mutant Ninja turtles film oh. is going to be available for purchase and it's coming out on vinyl. Yeah. Which the packaging oh, for the vinyl I alone, I have no record player. I have no vinyl you know, collection of whatsoever, I would buy this because the packaging alone is just fantastic. It's that Kevin Eastman art, man. It's, it's, it's dope. It's, yeah, man. Those original turtles comics, we should talk about those sometime on the show. Uh, they have a, a look that is so unique and it, it, it the word like, you raw know, comes to mind. It's raw, but there's, it. It, but and I'm not saying that in a bad way. No, no, no. It, it's raw, but it's refined. And it has a definitive... He has a very, very recognizable penciling style. Yes. And, like, the original comics look so cool. And this packaging for the vinyl that you that you showed me, man. Like, it... it ah, I love it. I love the look of those original Turtles comics. Yeah. They look so awesome. If I could quibble with it... It's accurate to the movie, so I'm gonna. It's it's not wrong, but the nitpick in me with the art style is like, oh man, they should all have the same color bandana. Yeah, <laughs> but it's okay. Yeah. But it's okay. All the red. I know. All red. Like the it's not Peter Laird's artwork, but like the artwork for the original uh, uh, NES game. Yes. Oh man, as a yeah. kid, that blew mm-hmm. my mind. Yeah, because like I wasn't familiar with the comics at the time that game came out. No kid so was. I, I was like. What's the deal here? Yeah. And then I started playing the game, and the cover art was the least of my gripes. Um, <laughs> I maintain that's actually a decent game, 
until it becomes really, 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 really unfairly difficult. Good for you. <laughs> it's a good game. Until it's not. Then you yep. get mad. So until you hit the start button. No, 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 no. Um, so yeah, that, uh, you know, and I was thinking like I met, I had put that in our group chat and, and you said you didn't remember the score. Well, okay. So and I, 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 was re- thinking I remember back the main theme. It. I mean, everyone knows the main theme. I would think it. If you saw the movie, did it, did it, did it, did did it. Yeah. I know that, of. but the but score, then there was also I like the score parts was not. A typical orchestral score. There was a lot of like really heavy guitars in it and whatnot. See, I don't remember any of that. And so, I mean, I kind of remember the the shredder introduction, kind kind of, but it's not coming back to me. So I would like to go back and actually hear that again. And I said I was going to in the chat, and then I didn't because yeah. you know I did kind of tumble down the rabbit hole of uh, some Trent Reznor scores for movies he's done recently. <laughs> I'm in that mood right now, so it's hard to get yeah. me out of it. But um, I guess he scored that new uh, Jonah Hill film. I listened to that today. Nineties, yeah. Uh, he did. Uh, there's four tracks um, for the mid '90s movie, and there. It, so the whole score that he did runs about thirteen, fourteen minutes over four tracks. Um, but it's really good. It's it's really good. Uh, like I have a hard time. You like what you like, you know, musically. Yeah. But, um, like, Nine Inch Nails and Trent Reznor's score work are very different. But yet yeah. they're... But but yet they're... You could see traces of the can, other in each other. Yeah. yeah. And I would say with the score work, it really emphasizes an aspect of Nine Inch Nails songwriting that uh, I think stands out. And it's hard to quantify what you like. You know, it's, it's we all like what we like. What we like. But we but not we might not necessarily know why we like it or a specific element of it that we like, and it's it can be hard to vocalize. You know, yeah. Why do you like this? Well, you know. The strength of uh, Trent Reznor overall, man, that dude knows how to evoke a feeling, an emotion, in a very direct musical way, and. That is so hard as a musician. That is, that's hard to do. Would you say he knows how to borrow a cup of love? Uh, he's not borrowing. <laughs> he's he's dealing. <laughs> but does, I see. But I see what you did there. Does he take your hand with his glove of love? <laughs> Ew, so creepy. Ew. so creepy. Uh, nah, dude. He he can he can pull feels out of you. With it's seemingly seemingly with ease, but that's like this. That's his strength. He he can he can evoke an emotion or a mood like nobody else. And uh, that's so the mid '90s score, four songs, not you know not a lot, but it's a good listen. Yeah, and it has, you know, I I believe the theme of the movie is kind of like a you know an adolescent coming of age sort of yeah. story. Like and, it's which is kind of around the time that. You know, well, that's when I came of age. Yeah, I mean, and the movie movie speaks to me in a lot of ways. But the thing is, yet. like, a de- from what I understand, it deals primarily with skate culture. Yeah, and that's yeah. just a culture I had nothing to do with. So I'm not sure, like, how I'm not sure really what this movie has for me per se. Yeah, I knew I knew kids who skated, so I mean, it might it might 
tug on me a little bit. We'll see. I had rollerblades. Oh. Rollerblades were cool. They were until they weren't. Isn't that weird? Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, dude, the score is pretty good. Um, I checked it out. It was, it, I would buy it. I would, if they put it, if they release it on vinyl, I would probably buy it. It, it definitely, uh, yeah, it tugs in the heartstrings in the right way. It evokes those emotions of kind of discovery as a, as a, as a youth. So, and again, that's, as that's so hard to do as a musician to find a way to distill a feeling into a melody yeah. that can, you know, do what you intended to do to the listener. So big ups on that. So, uh, yeah, you might say that I'm really, if I wasn't before, I'm more so now like, so that Watchmen score, what's going to happen <laughs> <with> that? <laughs> what are we doing here? That, uh, dude, honestly, I've been thinking about that like a lot. <laughs> it's it's just funny how your interest in this project kind of went from zero to 60 well, no, in a very on. short period of time. I well, wouldn't I say, say zero. zero. No, yeah, zero is not fair. I, you were at idle. Well, no, I mean... I had I said on this show when they announced it, everyone expected because everyone for years said to do Watchmen right, you got to do a twelve part HBO style miniseries, yeah, where you adapt an issue, an episode, right? Yep, that was the mm-hmm. consensus for years. So when they said HBO is doing Watchmen, I think everyone assumed that's what they were doing, yeah. And then you know, and I've had a lot of years with Watchmen. Being a huge fan of it and, and digesting it and, and I you know, I read it every year almost pretty much you mm-hmm. know, and I have for years. And I've, I I said on I said here, I got to a point where you know what? The watchman can't be adapted verbatim because it itself is a commentary on the medium that it is. It is a comic book yeah. commentating on comic books. So when they said they're gonna do the show, my thought was you know what? I'm over it. I don't need the adaptation yeah. verbatim. If you're going to do it, find a new angle, find a new wrinkle, mm-hmm. and go for it. it. Sure, I you know this is this is without getting into the issue of uh, Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons' rights and their their consent and whatnot to the property. Yada yada. That's a whole different argument that I don't really feel like having because I've had it so many times. I'm over it. But if you're going to do it, because if it has to be done. Then do something new with it yeah. and find a way to make it interesting. And then, lo and behold, that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So I w- my interest was not zero. Like it, they they, it was there enough. But then when once I got Trent on board, I was like, oh okay, well now you're doing this. <laughs> All right, yeah, you have my attention. So you know something else I want to ask you about, and I mean it's kind of like yes, it's an official episode, but we're not like really sticking too much. There's no news here. Yeah, there's we're just, no. We're there's just no no much to really go on. Um, I saw, like, I'll I'll click on a YouTube wrestling video every once in a while. Oh so yeah, yeah, yeah. It, because I do that, they show up in my you know suggested videos and whatnot. I saw it this week that on SmackDown, it was Rey Mysterio versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, Rey's back. And I'm watching it. I was like, that's a match I would like to watch. So I've I've. Curious if you watched it and no, how was it? I did not. Okay. Uh, I I'm more than ever ready for my post WWE life. So yeah, you've been saying that for a while. Now. I didn't watch Raw this week. I didn't watch SmackDown. I don't care if I watch Raw next week. 
I can't see. Here's the pro, here's here is the wrestling fans' uh, conundrum. Okay. I can easily go without watching any of their programming again. And I'm at the point in my life where, you know what? I think I could do that and not... I, I'm fine with it. Yeah. But I can't ignore them outright. And it, what I mean by that is I can't ignore talking about them. I can't ignore... Yeah. their Because they're the, they're the, they are the 800-pound gorilla in the room. Yep. They are the biggest. They have the most money. They have the most sway. And they are the shorthand... Uh, when people think of wrestling, they think of WWE, the, yeah. the casual everyday mm-hmm. person. So I ha- I have to acknowledge that, and I have to talk about them in some context, and especially with guys I really like being out there not in the WWE. They are always going to be in the, in the conversation because if they have any any modicum of following or buzz, WWE is the big specter sitting there waiting to snatch them up and take yeah. them away from my enjoyment. So uh, anyway, I did not see it. And uh, I have seen Ray recently in NJPW, uh, and he's in great shape. He yeah. looks better than he has in years, and I'm happy for that. But uh, Shinsuke is a shell of himself, and uh, if they want to go have a little match in WWE, and you know, good, 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 good for you. I don't need to see it there because it's only gonna be up to a certain level there and they're still going to saudi arabia by the way so you know that's that's still a thing yeah because you know money dirty money lots and lots of it so anyway yeah 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 i got uh hey man we're, we're, we're coming up though it is what it is october 19th yes i'm checking the calendar right now uh, one, two, three weeks away from ROH NJPW Global Wars at Buffalo Riverworks. So, as you might imagine, cool. I'm ready for that. I have ringside seats. I'm good to go. Let's let us do this. Uh, so far, only well, only the announced uh, NJPW guys that will be there will be uh, Juice Robinson, who's great, by the way, American. Okay, he'll be there. Kushida, Kushida comes to every. He does every tour. He's great. He's amazing. Light heavyweight champion. Light heavyweight. Junior. Junior heavyweight champion. Junior Western Bacon Chi. Uh, he'll be there. And uh, LIJ. All of LIJ will be there. So Tetsuya Naito, Sonata, Evil, uh, Bushi. I'm not sure if their new member will be there or not. Uh, Shinto, I can't think of his last name, but I'm not not positive on him. And uh, pouring one out for uh, Hiromu Takahashi, who is still hurt with a broken neck. He'll be he'll be back, but <laughs> but for now he's he's not. He won't. He'll be, be back in pod <laughs> form. So um, just, yeah, three I, weeks, three weeks, three weeks till, till that. I'm just putting it out there. Next time there is a a show like this, yes, locally that you're going to get tickets for, yeah, just like shoot me a okay, like okay. text or something. Say, hey, this is happening. This is the price. Do you want to go? I will noted, and uh, I I will do so. My apologies. Just saying, if it makes you feel any better, they don't announce who's going to be at these shows in advance, and it's always a gamble. So I found out in the last couple weeks that, uh, heh. <laughs> This is gonna. This is this really. 
chaps my buns, as they say. Uh, Kenny Omega, the N- uh, the IWGP heavyweight champion, yeah. will be in the United States for this tour. But on the night of the Buffalo show, he'll be doing a show in upstate New York, wrestling Rob Van Dam for some other local wrestling promotion. What? Th- my, my th- th- thanks, Kenny. <laughs> thanks, buddy. For like, what, where in upstate is it going to be? Uh, does it matter? One of the one of the one of them loser cities in upstate <laughs> New York. One of those with the weird names, like, not Schenectady, but it's like that. Like, you know, it's got a weird name like Albany. I have uh, no, no idea. Not, it's not even Albany. <laughs> oh, I'll look it up for you. But it's like Schenectady, Poughkeepsie. One of these like I'm, hey, you know. Hey. I, Listen, the Everetti Diner is in Poughkeepsie, and I went there hey, for their disco fries many a time. Fine, but dude, like, you are the IWGP champion. NJPW is doing a tour with ROH of the United States. Could maybe make the dates. I don't know. It 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 bothers me a little bit, and uh, whatever these guys, you know. They're going to earn what they're going to earn. If you can make more money, you know, doing this show, fine. Yeah, it's in Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie. So let me ask you this time. Screw Poughkeepsie. Yeah, I said it. (laughs) So let me ask you this time. Is it safe to assume that since he's the champ, he's probably going to win simply based on the fact that (laughs) I don't think the... NJPW would allow their title to change hands. Well, hang on. In Poughkeepsie <laughs> to Rob Van Dam. No, the, t- the title will not be on the line. Oh, okay. But he'll be there wrestling Rob Van Dam. Okay. So he could lose, conceivably. The title the title is not up for grabs. But if if I were a betting man, I'm not, but I know the biz of wrestling. Uh, yeah, he's not doing tours outside of the company and losing. Yeah. They would probably tell him, yeah, no, you, you, you go over. Every night. Okay. Especially against Rob Van Dam. Love Rob Van Dam, but he does not get Love to, early 2000s Rob he does Van not, Dam. Yeah, he does not get to pin Kenny Omega in the year of our Lord 2018. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it just does not happen that way. So, anyway. Okay. So. Metallica's next weekend, too. Where's Metallica? Uh, the Key Bank Center. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Yay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready. Wow, that came up quick. It did. I'm... I'm... This is my Metallica dance, Carl. (laughs) (laughs) Doing Metallica dance. Doing Metallica dance. And... And? um, I've got it on good authority, and I don't know... I'm not embargoed by anybody. They don't pay me, so I can just tell you. Um, So... My favorite brewery, Stone Brewing Company, San Diego, yes. California, Escondido, California, and also Richmond, Virginia, and also Berlin, Germany, and also Shanghai, and also coming up in Italy. They're, I, lo- I love what they're doing. Uh, anyway, they have uh, partnered with Metallica to make the Enter Night Pilsner, so that's going to be available. Uh, look for that in, in the Buffalo area next week. Um, before and after the show at, at local stores, but there will be a uh, let me get this right. 
There is going to be a, re- a beer release party at 716 uh, on draft and in cans the night before the show. So Friday night, next Friday. So okay. if you're hearing this episode on a Wednesday, two days from now. Uh, so it's 716. And then there's going to be an after party the night of the show at Masuda Chow's. And they're going to have cans and draft there as well. Hmm. So uh, be aware. What's that's That is what is up. Odds of Metallica showing up. Oh, zero. Zero. But the beer will be there. And more importantly, the swag will be there. Mm. And uh, my, my my friendly stone representative has put aside some swag for me. So, you know. so so I take it you will be attending all of this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Friday. Despite your hatred. So for game night next week? Question marks. Because uh, I'm going to have to go to that 716 event and score some Metallica beer. I, I, I don't think it's a question mark. You're not, we're not going to be doing game <laughs> night next week. It's, no, I might I might show up, have a beer, and then if it's lame because it's 716, I might just take my swag and go. Okay. And then come play games because right. games are fun. Okay. <sighs> All right. See, things happen. We talk. Things happen. We're smart. Yeah. We're buying the Death of Daredevil. A- Alan asked us today. Yeah. I this am. is happening in the comics. Yeah. Uh, Sure. Comics. He'll be back. He'll be fine. Mm-hmm. He always comes back. He died before. Remember? <laughs> the, the, the arc that I really hate with Andy Diggle, who he, he drove it into the ground with the Shadowland and all that business. Well, I mean, Matt kind of died. or He didn't die at the end of Shadowland. He, he, he just he, kind of became Bruce Banner from the TV show, you know, doing a lonely man walk at the end. Well, it could be this. Maybe this is that. Yeah. He'll be yeah, back. See what happens. Okay. Pretty so easy. speaking of, oh, guys, there was no doubt in my mind that he would be back, but it just, his absence sucks. Hey. I'm not reading a ton of Marvel right now. That was one of the ones I was really enjoying. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Daredevil, as we mentioned, today, <laughs> today is Friday, October 19th, which means the long-awaited... Oh, so long awaited. Season three of Daredevil has premiered. Drew and I just got done watching the first episode. So now we will dissect and then possibly go up and watch episode two. Um, Yeah, I don't have papers to shuffle here. I don't have any papers to shuffle either. I just kind of wanted to watch it and enjoy it. It's not the same, but. Yeah, sure. We'll go with that. (laughs) So, Drew, episode one. What did you think? Uh, it's great. Yes. I missed it. I yeah. missed Daredevil greatly. Yes. And he's back, and I'm happy for it. Yes. So my snap, just before we get he's into the- He's back meat, in broody form. Yeah. Before we get into the meat and potatoes, um, snap snap observations. Uh, number one, I mentioned, to you, I mentioned it to you when we were uh, watching it. So the intro credits- it's taken me this long to get to this. You yeah. know how it does that? Like, it does the pouring, we'll call it blood or, or wax. Or paint. Or whatever. Any number of things it could be. It's very, uh, you know, very moody. Still the best intro sequence. Of, well, it's the best. My favorite, ironically enough, is still Iron Fist's. Iron Fist was good. Yeah. Music not so much, but the but the, the, the visual was good. Um, rest in peace, Iron Fist. Anyway, so... It was such an interesting uh, look in this Daredevil intro that it's taken me two seasons to think, like, you know, they could have maybe tied that into, like, how he sees. 
like when they do the Daredevil vision, which is very, 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 very rare. I think they've done it three times total. I was going to say twice. Okay. All the Netflix shows. I think they did it once in Defenders. Okay. Um, so yeah, that might have been a cool tie-in or a cool like, hey, this is why this is what it is. But yeah. uh, no, it's just blood or paint or really wax. Cool or it just looks cool. Yeah. Right, fair enough. Uh, second observa- observation. Um, it, I, it's, it probably goes without saying, but maybe we don't say it enough. Uh, this show... I'm speaking as a fan, is so perfectly cast. Yeah. I immediately see Charlie Cox, and I just go, that is Matt Murdock. That is Daredevil. Yep. Like, it. it that's that's him. Yeah. Um, I see Foggy. Now more than ever, I yep, <laughs> that's Foggy. We'll, that's... We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, Karen's great. Uh Fisk is great, obviously. D'Onofrio is... Just, I really think he's just going to steal the season. He, he probably will. That's I'm fine. I'm okay with that. His one big episode in season two still looms large. Yeah. When he threatens Matt, and like when he goes off, that is heavy. I, I love that scene to death. Yep. He's great in that role, man. So yeah, uh, I'm so glad. Even like the little roles, like like the priest... Yeah. He's great. Yep. Good character. Just gruff, gruff priest. Cool. Talks to Matt. Knows his secrets. He's cool with it. You know. Yep. This show is great. This is this is the crown jewel of the Marvel Netflix stuff. And I hate to say it, but like, especially coming out of Jessica Jones season two, like, it, the, Daredevil is their, is their big boy. He He's the guy that, that all this revolves around and it shows. Yeah. Yep. You say Crown Jewel, the the Netflix series. I mean, that goes without saying. I'm also only goes so far as say one of the Crown Jewels of Marvel Studios as a whole, including the films. Seeing as he's the linchpin of of this whole division, I mean, you know, look, let's be honest. It could end tomorrow. Iron Fist ended, right? Yeah. Daredevil could end tomorrow. Please don't happen. But it, it, Please don't. But it could, and they could go on yeah. with Luke, and you know, I'm sure they'd be fine. But they built all of this on Daredevil, yeah. And like, if Daredevil doesn't work, none of this other stuff happens. I mean, probably. Yeah. I, I I have to imagine if, no, Daredevil, if, right. if Daredevil tanked, they wouldn't be in a hurry to like order Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist. Yeah, we might have gotten a season two of Daredevil, and that would have been it. Maybe. But Daredevil did really well because it was executed to perfection, yeah. and uh, that makes me really happy as a fan because you know he's my favorite character, and to see him adapted this way and treated with great care, I feel I feel like they treat him with great care. They and do. They really, they do really do. Shows. And uh, that's that's awesome. That makes me so happy as a fan. So yeah, he's pulling down this whole. He's the anchor of like this whole Netflix side. So when you get into the big MCU pantheon, yeah, you know, he's not making a billion dollars in a movie, but he's pulling his weight. Yeah. And I, it is it is kind of a shame that we'll never get to see uh, him rub up against Spider-Man or any of that. Like, yeah. It, it could be cool. It really could be cool. Really cool. Anyway. Really cool. So, yeah. So, yeah. Um, my, my snap reactions are just that it just like yes we got some daredevil and defenders and that was great yeah 
but just kind of seeing that world that was so meticulously built over two seasons of Daredevil come back and just kind of hit the ground running. Just the way they structured the episode, I was just like, oh, this feels good. This is why we started doing a <laughs> podcast right here. Yeah. Um, Not to say that they ignore... They hit the ground running, but they also acknowledge... I mean, this this spins right out of Defenders. Yeah, like, literally, it opens up with what happened to Matt at the end of Defenders. Right. Like, getting... Like, you see him... It's almost It almost feels like the opening of a James Bond movie, the way they were doing it. Kind of. But, like, you see, like, he's... He doesn't get crushed by the building. He gets... You know, the floor crumbles and he finds his way into the sewer system. He gets washed away, yeah. Yeah. And side note, he would have so many infections from all those cuts and... and Probably. It's little stuff like that they, that they never address that always kind of sticks out to me. Like when he when he gets flushed out of the sewer pipe... Yeah. On like that same area that probably all the... You know, scenes take place at, like, yeah, on the docks or the mm-hmm. shore or whatnot. Like, I'm just looking at those cuts. I'm like, he's got so many infections right now. <laughs> what you he do- needs to go to an emergency room. What you don't see is the nuns just dump just iodine the, and, just, and, and just peroxide. And neosporin yeah. in a bathtub and just roll them around. Yeah. Never- yeah. Let them percolate in there for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> But no, it's um so yeah, it opens up with the end of Defenders. And then what's really cool about this episode is we get two resolutions. We get not not even like fully resolutions, but we this episode is approaching from picking up from two different points. One, it picks up Matt from the end of Defenders, and two, it also picks up Matt from the end of Daredevil season two. Okay. When the season yeah, ended yeah, yeah. with him revealing to Karen that he's Daredevil. Right. And we could see kind of what happened with that a little bit, and I'm fairly confident we're probably going to see more of that. So let me break up my notes, because it sounds like we're going to get into note territory. For security use, you can't use my fingerprint? Come on now, phone. Okay, here's my code. Notes. There you go. Notes. Okay, so um, Matt does live. Yes, Um obviously. We get a little, you know, because they have to do it. Um, we get, and it's more fitting here than it is in Superman. Hate to say it. We get a little uh, Jesus imagery. There's when when he is floating downward from the yeah. explosion. We get a little yeah. upside down cross action. Which spoilers? Matt's having a crisis of faith. Yeah, which we'll talk about. Oh yeah. Um. Side note. So we do get a quite a quick flashback of how he got into the water, and we said the flood that hit the the basement of yeah. the building, the mm-hmm. hole that they were in, and whatnot, and at the conclusion of Defenders, and he was. We'll with, simply say because architecture, right? So he was with Electra. Yeah. Do you think she died? No. Okay. No. Just checking. Yeah. Yeah. I think Good. We, I think seeing her again is a foregone conclusion. I'm I'm okay with that. All right. So uh, he lives, and he gets now. Okay, so that cab pulls up and sees him just laying on the on the shore, or whatever. Yeah. Right in his costume, by the way. Although without the mask, well, it's not yeah, necessarily it have a the given. Mask that. and like it's not designed in the way 
the traditional superhero costume is designed. Like without the mask, it doesn't look like a quote unquote superhero costume. It just looks like kind of like a tactical suit. Yeah. And this, maybe this is where the, um, I've been asking for it, but I understand why they didn't do it. Maybe this is why the DD on the chest is not there or, or would not be still rather have it there. I would too, but you know, I get you. Might be a giveaway in the sense. So he grabs the cabbie and and he says, what, take me to church? No, no. He says, I believe he said the name of the priest and the name of the church. Okay. So. Question. Yeah. Why there? Why not like Foggy Nelson? Because. Karen Page. We kind of see where Matt is right now. Matt's in a really dark place. And what. He's come to be resolved to is that he's taking care of Fisk. He's taking care of the hand. He spoilers. He for the majority of this episode, he does not have his powers anymore because right. of injuries. Um, he wants to, and he said in this episode, he wants to leave Matt Murdock behind. It's weird because like we're getting like a a a good juxtaposition this episode because when we go back to the flashbacks at the end of season two he's saying he wants to leave daredevil yeah right 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 but like when he's recovering he's like i'd rather live as As the devil than you know die as matt murdoch so see i don't understand it's how did he get there well, he had a building dropped on him, dude. <laughs> it's, it's like I know, I know, I had, know. But he had a building dropped on him. He had the love of his life torn away from him after getting her back. And this is kind of something we covered in Jessica Jones. Like, how do you react when someone like that, who you thought you would never have again, comes back into yeah, your life? Yeah. So he's, and it's like the things that he could always lean on and find support in his abilities, he doesn't have anymore. Not only that, he's deaf in one ear. That's all That's all well and good, but, like, he still has Foggy. He still has Karen. Like, But that's the thing, like, he doesn't... Matt, Matt, Matt... <sighs> it's not that he doesn't want them. He sees what his life has wrought. I guess. And he doesn't want to involve them any more than he has to. Sure, but he's already, at least at the conclusion of Daredevil Season 2, and, well, okay, I take it back. I, I, I'll, let me backtrack a bit. At the end of Daredevil Season 2, which we see, he goes against, he, he's willing to give up Daredevil. Yeah. Right. In Defenders, however, he makes Foggy bring him the suit, and he is Daredevil again. So maybe he feels like he has gone against what he said he wanted, and now he's, in typical Matt fashion, I can't reach out to my friends. I just must internalize all this guilt and suffer. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, as after you said, I thought about it. He didn't make Foggy bring him suit. Foggy just brought him the suit. And so that was kind of symbolic of, like, Foggy finally accepting, you know. This, this is who is, you are. Yeah. But I think it's because losing Electra again can give him that sense of anything I touch is going to die is eventually going to die. So, like, I guess that's fair. It's 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 a lot of you know bad things happening at once, coupled with that Catholic guilt. Was, and, yeah, and 
you know, just he's not in a place where I don't, I'm not sure if he feels he deserves Matt Murdock, but for one reason or another, he doesn't want anything to do with Matt Murdock. Right yeah. Now. Well, he is hurting. He's hurting. And yeah, he's without his powers. So he is actually blind. And and is in the care of the Catholic Church as he's staying at the church and um, under the direct care of a nun, of a sister. Sister Maggie. Yes. Um, I'm sorry, go on. No, I, no. Yeah. So Listen to you, man. The, one of the highlights of this episode for me was seeing their relationship develop. Because I think you and I know who Sister Maggie is. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously, I think know, any, mo- most people will be able to assume by the end of the first episode who she is. But if like, you haven't put it together by now, yeah, well, you you will, you yeah. will trust me. So it's gonna be really interesting to see how that goes. And like, I was kind of concerned at first. I was concerned that oh, Jesus, they're going to play out this whole no powers thing for the entire season. I was a little worried about that, and then. You know, no, they're not. Thanks to the wonderful <laughs> invention that is the neti pot. Uh, yeah. He gets his powers back. That looked painful. For a time. Well, he gets them back, but he's still not without restriction. Yeah. he's His right ear is still a sensitive area. And uh, we get the cool... Mo- I, I, I love me a montage. Montage. And we get Matt relearning his powers. And, dude, it's, it's, it's actually, like, kind of stirring... Like he only he's only without them for a little bit, but that yeah. like minute when he started putting his hand on the ground and feeling the subway cars, like when he realizes that he that, that it's coming back, I was like, "Ooh, cool! All right, all right okay, uh-huh, okay, we're good. Let's go." It it's exciting, yeah, and it's also a very cool like the thing about the show compared to like the movie, um, which is our only aside from the comic is our only place of comparison. Uh, trial of the Incredible Hulk, sir. Uh, um, we we talked about that once. <laughs> we don't need to talk about it again. <laughs> uh, the show honestly doesn't do a ton with demonstrating his powers. No, it doesn't. Like we're we're we know, and we're, I would argue they could probably benefit from doing a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Like in the three, this is season three. In the two seasons we have, like we've gotten, like you said, only a couple glimpses of yeah. how he air quote sees and very little of like tactile you know we don't we don't get a lot we're we're told a lot and we understand but we don't get to see it in action a lot so like when he's doing that thing in the mirror and he like he touches the mirror and he feels the vibrations for the first time like it, it sticks out as like oh oh we haven't we haven't seen this it's coming back to him yeah. this is how he always experiences things and we're now seeing it so it, it was pretty pretty cool like and then it kicks off the montage where like matt's getting back in action like okay he's, he's retraining his, himself to relearn what he has learned and uh yeah it's it's, it's cool then he you know he calls in the illegal sparring partner <laughs> and it's all going great until he gets punched in the ear it's like fight club yep hit, hit, hit me in the ear hit me in the ear <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, Matt's senses go all akimbo, and uh, he gets knocked out. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Fisk. Okay. Because 
Fisk is still in jail. He's kind of running jail. <laughs> we you want to relate your analogy? Because it was pretty good. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> I saw as soon as I heard the noise, it immediately popped in my head. So Fisk is making himself breakfast because mm-hmm. he is Fisk and has you know certain privileges that other inmates don't have. And everyone outside his room is just being like noisy and rowdy and whatnot. And then he just shouts for everyone to be quiet and everyone gets quiet. And instantly I went to the episode of the Simpsons where Homer <laughs> becomes a boxer and Dredrick Tatum is in jail and there's a riot going on. And Dredrick Tatum's chill. I was like, Hey guys, guys, knock it off. <laughs> so, sorry, champ. <laughs> everyone just kind of stops and goes, goes back. So, yeah. Sorry, Tramp. It's like that. It's, it was just, it was like that. I instantly thought that. Um, so, greasy villain lawyer. Yes. I like that we have, again. I like that we have these little itty bitty minor characters that pop up in all the shows to tie it all together, yeah. like Turk and, and greasy lawyer. Yeah. The guy who He's was like, defending Mariah in Luke Cage, he is also Fisk's lawyer. Yes. Yeah. This is so, all, this he shows up with, um, you know, lawyer stand in. B sure, and they relate to Fisk that Vanessa, yeah, cannot come back to the country because she will be charged as an accomplice. Yes, this is a bit of a game changer for Fisk because at some point in the episode, everything we're familiar with stops, and then we go to like a kid's birthday party. See, I didn't put that together until the uh, well, as we're going to talk about the, the credit card talk happens. I'm like, who are these people? What 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 are we yeah, doing like, here? What's did going someone on? Someone screw up in the editing and we got like an episode of Ozark or something. <laughs> like who who is this fan? who is this kid? Who is this guy? Yeah. Who is his wife? What are we doing? And yeah. So this guy is an FBI agent who his sister in law, my yeah, right? Yeah. Has undergone a lot of uh chemo and, and cancer, cancer treatment. treatments and whatnot on his dime. And basically, he has maybe spread himself a little too thin. Yes. And he is in in the red, badly. Oh, very much in the red. So this said agent is also assigned to go talk to Fisk on a monthly basis or whatever they say. He he doesn't want the job. He's new at the job. But he's, yeah. this guy gives us nothing every month. Why we what what's what's the difference? Yeah. And then it all clicks. Like, okay. This, so actually. Fisk is in a position of need because he wants Vanessa back in the country. This is new information for him. This guy is clearly a weak link. Yeah, and it's the one thing I bumped up against in the whole series was when he goes in to ask for his performance evaluation. Yeah. And his supervisor points out to him, like, your FICA score is is horrible. Mm -hmm. Your finances are in mountains of debt. That makes you a target. And I like a recruitment target for people who, you know, well, he, organizations. He, he is a body. federal agent. Yeah, he's a federal agent. So I'm thinking about this. I'm like, do you think denying him the raise that he needs well, and, and make, might make him a recruitment target too? The fact that, that, that she says, like, get your finances in order and then we'll talk. It's like, lady, yeah. he needs more money. You don't understand how <laughs> financing works. Yeah, I... I that was a but you know to be fair that's such a bureaucratic answer 
that it yeah it's no not, i get it it's it was just like one of those things like the logic baffled you're, me you're looking for logic in in institutions that often yes. defy logic yeah so, so this is the in yeah he's in need he's a federal agent fisk is also in need and sees a weakness or if he doesn't see it yet he will soon enough and i guarantee he's going to exploit that guy and yeah this is Fisk's ticket out. And if I had to guess, that Fed knows who Daredevil is. Or at least will find out who Daredevil is and reveal said information to Fisk. This is my prediction, by the yeah. way, for the season. I'm, gu- I'm guessing that Fisk already knows. He probably does. Uh, wait. wait correct, let me. We're, we're terrible. We should know all of this, right? In season two, when Matt goes to confront him. Isn't it heavily implied he knows? No, it's not implied until like the end after Matt has left. And Fisk is kind of replaying the moment in his head and just kind of has a realization because there's, there's a, a point where like Fisk throws a punch and Matt counters it. Okay. And then lands, you know, a couple, a couple shots of his own. Then Fisk is starting to put you know, two and two together his head. And then at the end, he asks for the file on Matt Murdock. Okay. Okay. So he, he suspects, but doesn't necessarily yeah. know. So okay. I'm guessing at this point he knows. All right. Well, or, or yeah. heavily suspects. Yeah. He, he air quotes knows, but he doesn't know. No, I think this fed's going to find out with definitive proof and it's going to become public knowledge. That's my guess. That's happened Matt, numerous times. Numerous in times in the comics. So that's yeah. why, like, yeah, it's it's got to happen eventually on this show. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Like, I, find out? like, right now, I think, like, personally, me, I think Fisk knows fully right now where okay. we are on the show. Um, yeah, I want to talk about Matt's crisis of faith. Okay. Because um, I think it's, it's very, it's clearly going to be a very central focus in the show well you know it, it it's kind of a, cru- a a core thing with his character yeah matt's one of the few like characters in comics who has a religion <laughs> yeah and, and it's part of like his deal it's funny because as he's relaying the story of job he's leaving extremely key parts of it out and kind of Re, I don't want to say reinterpreting it, but kind of giving like the Cliff's Notes version, not the Cliff's Notes version, but like he's twisting it to suit suit his current mood version. Because as he's telling the story, he's relaying that you know Job was you know extremely devout, which he was, and favored by God, which he was, and had you know all the blessings that that favor brings along with it. And then he says that like God turned on him and like took all of away, killed all his family and whatnot. What he's leaving out. And I have to think that the writers of the show are smart enough to kind of come back to this and use it as a point in the beginning is that it wasn't God who did all that to Job. It was the devil. Because in the beginning of the book, the devil comes into God's presence and 
God is boasting of Job to the devil, and the devil challenges God that if God were to remove his protection from Job and let the devil do what he wants to do, that Job would curse God. So God tells the devil, he's like, you can do whatever you want. You just cannot harm the man himself. I think something along those lines. Like, you can't kill the man himself. And so the devil is the one that caused all the calamities to happen to Job. And then Job turns around and starts to throw it back at God. So I have to think that, again, the show writers, the, the faith is so... And he's conveying this to a nun. If anything, a nun well, should know the the, no, you're, you're, you, you the have, points of that story. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you, and you're making sense. At the same time, God still in this in this story and the way Matt's relaying it, God still signed off on it. Like, yeah, go nuts. And that's kind of cruel, man. God did sign off on it because he knew Job's heart. That's fair, and but knew that. But, you know, but, at but, the end, Job would still remain faithful. But a man's got a limit. <laughs> so like, it's kind of like, uh, God, this is so weird, but this is this is where we are. It's like the end of Animal Man, where Animal Man, spoilers. The Grant Morrison. Yes, the Grant Morrison Man. Animal Man, yes. which, by the way, you have to read. Everyone has to read this. It's it's groundbreaking, and it's great, and, and you'll weep up. He, he meets Grant Morrison, and he says, like, why did you do all these terrible things to me? Like... You know, yeah, it's, it's, at the end of the day, you signed off on it. Like, you didn't kill my family, you, Mirror Master killed my family, yada yada, but like, you said he could, like, you're the one in charge, man. Sure, I can take it and whatever, but, yo, my family's dead. <laughs> so, you know, Matt's, Matt's kind of, sure, did God, like, it? God didn't do it, but God gave the okay, yeah. So okay. you, that twist that knife a little bit. You know what I'm saying? That's that's kind of where Matt's at. I mean, it's when you look at this, this whole season may just turn out to be a Job allegory. It, I think the based on what you just laid out, the writing is clearly on the wall. Yeah, yeah that's probably what Which, they're going to do. If they're going to do that, I'm okay with that <laughs> because... I'd be impressed if they. I'd be. I would actually be very impressed if they ran with something like that for the duration of a season. Because, like, that's I. And I've spoken about my faith on the show before, and it's central to my life. And I have had my share of heartache and tragedy, and even in my my most painful moment, even in the most like hardest moment of defeat and heartbreak, which is probably discovering my father's body. Um, I did not come close to the suffering Job endured and that he remained faithful throughout. He wasn't perfect throughout, but he remained faithful um, is something that will be interesting to see how, if they are going with the Job allegory, um, how they decide to go about that. Because, like, we see in this episode, there's the beginnings of the remaining faithful. Because Matt goes out at one point. Matt's kind of, uh, yeah, I'm glad we're going to get, I'm glad we got back to this. Matt, yeah. Matt goes out, in my opinion, with a death wish. Yeah. He wants Clearly. to 
he wants to. Matt's go looking down in to flames. suffer. He, he's, he wants to go down in flames. He just wants like it to. He do, he doesn't want to die as Matt Murdock, an old man, because you may be able to make the argument that he may feel that if he leaves Daredevil behind and just lives a life as Matt Murdock, it will not be a life of purpose as much purpose if it were if daredevil was still a part of it right so it's like you said he'd rather you know dies the devil than live as matt murdoch and he clearly tries to do that yes yeah he he gets rocked and these guys are gonna walk away and he basically gives them a means to yeah like you see you see in a moment like he's laying on the ground and he sees the stick which is very like it's pretty much it's the billy club yeah right right right. and you're like oh he's gonna pick up the billy club and Mm. and go to town and then like he picks up the billy club and just gives it to one of the guys and embraces himself embraces himself for the death blow exposes his neck right showing him hit me right here and it'll be all done yeah you know even says in the last moments god forgive me because he's essentially committing suicide and you know by catholic theology that's the mortal sin and right do not pass go do not collect two hundred dollars mr mephisto is waiting <laughs> over here for you um give him your marriage he'll be, it'll be okay no oh. <laughs> you didn't have to go there hey you didn't have to go there you did marvel um but they did yeah yeah i know but um so yeah it's gonna be an interesting journey yes i mean look we already got one training montage of him finding his bearings yeah he just has to go through another one where he he's gotta he's gotta find he's gotta find the strength to to be whole again yeah and he will i know he will it's daredevil of course he will yeah and then he'll beat himself up over it over it later and the cycle will continue and that's daredevil i'm, I'm <laughs> in a, hoping in a nutshell i'm hoping just because he was probably my favorite character from Anytime he ever appeared, I'm hoping we get a stick flashback. We could. Um, he's mentioned briefly. Yeah, Matt even says like, you know, stick was right. Yeah. The, Warriors. The stick was right. Yeah. Warriors need to be alone. Yep. Yeah. Um, we'll see. But yeah. overall, one episode in, um, I'm I'm very happy so far with the direction. And uh, I'm hap- I'm so happy the show is back, and I cannot wait to watch more. Me too. So that does it for us this week. We appreciate you joining us. If you'd like to send us any questions, send us your first reactions and thoughts to the the return of Daredevil. By all means, do so at the following locations. You can find us on Twitter. Follow us at Devils Do Pod. You can go to facebook.com slash devils do pod, like our page. You can email us at the devils do pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you at our website, the devils do podcast.com. Drew, that being said, any closing thoughts? Uh, no, I just, I'm, I'm uh, ready for more. Give me more. Give me more Daredevil. The question is: Will I house this whole season by the next time we talk? <laughs> I don't know if I'll have time for that, but um, I think uh, I'm going to be watching lots and lots of Daredevil in the next uh, few days. Well, again, I have this other show I have to watch too. Juggling act. Yeah, but um, 
so glad it's back. So, I'm just so glad it's back. Now, Matt, don't leave us again. Please don't. <laughs> All right, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. See you next week. Courts adjourned.